following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Happy belated Valentine's Day, Erica. Happy belated Valentine's Day to you, Emily. Did you enjoy your hickory cheese heart? I, I did. It was quite yummy. Did it, you? I, I wish I got a cheese heart for that. <laughs> did you spend all two hundred dollars at the Swatch kiosk at the Lima Mall? Um, I'm thinking of saving that. Uh, well, I'm gonna actually break it into gift cards. I'm gonna like break it down into five gift cards for people. I'm pretty uh, sure you can't buy gift cards with gift cards. Really? That seems. I don't like that. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like policy at most stores. I feel like that's kind of a scam. It's not. A, it's not a scam. You like. You already purchased the gift card with the gift card. Right. So what's the difference if you purchase another gift card with the gift card? I don't know. It just. I'm. I'm pretty sure you can't. Is it hurting? Eventually, someone's going to use it. And it's not like using it is what gets the money. What gets the money is you buying the gift card. Right? But it's like it's like not spending more money. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking me these questions? I, you, I just, because you brought it up. You, you with your knowledge of the Swatch Chaos gift card policy. You brought it up. Well, like, I just asked about the cheese heart. If you read any, like... Any gift card, it says, like, not not valid on purchase of gift cards. Or most, like, coupons, too. Not valid on purchase of gift cards. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing gift cards with coupons. But I don't think you can buy gift cards to buy more gift cards. I don't know. Listeners, weigh in on this. What is the moral implications of buying a gift card with a gift card? Anyway, <laughs> it's we're here to talk about the Glee Valentine's Day episode. We are. We're, we're uh, a little over a week removed from Valentine's Day. Uh, I hope it was good for you. Did you do anything or are you guys like, ah, fuck Valentine's Day? Um, we didn't do anything. We we exchanged like small gifts because it's like we have Christmas and then the next month on the 15th, January 15th is our anniversary and then uh-huh. Valentine's Day. So we don't really do anything. Um, I mean, like last year, we just went out to dinner. This year, we didn't even do anything. We just, we watched Glee, honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> and probably got Chinese food, I think, or I forget what we ate. But um, no I- cheese hearts. No cheese. Really? Hearts. No cheese hearts? My gosh. Um, and we, those lollipop things they had looked good. They were like whoopie pies on sticks. They were. Um, we exchanged like small gifts. So I actually bought him the, it's a it's a very grown up gift. I bought him the um, Hot Wheels DeLorean Back to the Future edition. Ooh. And, uh, and also the Hot Wheels Ecto-1. Nice. And, I'm, yeah. Oh, keep going. Oh, I was going to say he got me um, Starburst Jelly Beans, the Fave okay. Reds. Nice. It's the cool. fave reds is the best. I don't oh, do so jelly beans, but I do the pack, and the fave reds is the best because it's only cherry, strawberry, and watermelon. And there, no, there's one more. It's like fruit punch is the other one. Oh well, not in the jelly beans. In oh, the beans, it's only those three. Ooh, see, in the pack, it's a little different because it's not like straight strawberry and straight cherry. It's like strawberry, raspberry. It's like the the flavors are a little different, but they're really good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Um, speaking of grown up things. I have to buy some. Like, I'm really sad about this, and I'll tell you because um, I'm sure it's, it's more interesting than other things we'll talk about. Um, I, as you know, uh, do you know what kind of comforter I have on my bed? Yes, it is Star Wars, is it not? 
Yes, it is. Um, it was a gift from my good friend Lauren years ago. Like we were in high school years ago. And I've, so I've had this thing for like 15 years, um, which as I say, it sounds kind of unsanitary. <laughs> but in fairness, like I didn't bring it with me to Russia or Korea. So for like two years, this thing was going unused. But anyway. So um, only, only 13 years old. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. That's nothing. Okay. I mean, cats live longer than that. Um, so... Uh, but I realized, like, the the inside of it is all shifted and stuff. And, like, it's not a comforter anymore. It's just kind of a really great sheet with some stuff in certain parts of it inside. So I got really sad because I'm like, oh, I have to get a new comforter. I'm like, I guess I should get, like, a really nice comfy one. But they don't make those in Star Wars. And I got really freaked out. But then I found out about um, how I could get a really good comforter and then get a duvet to yes. put over it. <laughs> and I can get, like, a fun duvet. And then I'm all good. So. Why do you say duvet? Because it's French. Isn't that how they say it? I just say duvet. Well, I prefer my way. Duvet I like to be more authentic okay. in my French language. Um, wait, I didn't finish before. My boyfriend didn't only get me jelly beans. <laughs> I make oh. him sound like cheap or something. You um, said no, but they were the favorite jelly beans. They were. They were I mean, great. You know, that, that shows he cares. Um. He also, well, it all, the rest of it all consists of, oh no, he got me Yankee Candle and then he got me Cliff Bars, <laughs> which I love, um, and Godiva Chocolate, Godiva, actually, Red Velvet Cake Truffles. Ooh. They came in a little four pack. I still have two. Yeah, oh no, I only have one left, which is kind of <laughs> sad, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good gift. It was very, very, it was a very Erica gift. Very nice. Very nice. So lots of red going on there. Yeah, it was very well themed. It was very mm -hmm. red and pink. Yep. He's good like that. Um, the should... candle was pink too. Oh, it wasn't. Was it a favorite thing candle? No, it was. It was pink sands. I, I, but how? What does that smell? Wow, God! Here we're gonna go again. Yeah, I can't read you this. This the the, the description because I left it at work. So because okay. it's a tiny one, it was a miniature one. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Should we talk about um as we've been doing? Should we uh, talk a little about Smash? Sure. Because I think you and I have really different opinions on it. We do. Um, I still really like it. I mean, I definitely see your point and I see that there's like definitely predictable moments and there's some really ridiculous storylines. Like the whole, every time the stupid Angelica Houston divorce storyline comes on, I'm just like, oh, she's going to throw the drink again. Great. That's a frustrating thing. It's Angelica fucking Houston. Give the bitch something to work with. She's royalty. And yeah. instead, like, especially on this episode, we're literally, and maybe they acknowledge it, maybe they won't do it anymore, but it's like, no, they, they, he ordered her a drink just so she could throw it in his face. Yeah. And the Manhattan, a Manhattan in Manhattan is not a cheap drink to be thrown yeah, in his face. No, these are, these are rich people. They don't think that way. I suppose. But I, I was saddened by the loss Did you loss see Deborah Messing's courtyard on the Upper East Side? Did you see that? I probably wasn't paying attention. She has like an actual courtyard where I don't know what happens out there, but... Where her, her um, Big Red podcast also was talking about Smash. And they were very amusing about it. If anybody doesn't listen, check out Big Red podcast. They talk about TV and stuff. Um, and they just kept referring to Deborah Messing's son as being the 35-year-old. Oh, yes. Which I just find really funny. He but like look rather old. That I, I, my theory is that they cast this, like, because I'm sure this show has been, like, a couple years. You know, I'm sure it's been, like, in development for a while. And it was like five years ago, somebody had this great idea for the show Smash. And it was, you know, this playwright, Teresa Rebic. Um, And like, you know, she had a friend whose son was an actor, but he was like a child actor. So it's like, okay, little Timmy, you're going to be on my show when it, when it finally gets to air. And then like 10 years later, the show comes to air. And, and now he's, he's like, like way her. too old. Yeah. So they're <laughs> like, okay, um, yeah, no, Timmy, just read the lines. 
I want my baby sister from China. Like, it makes no sense for a 18-year-old boy to have that kind of dialogue about his adopted-to-be baby sister. It's true. Um, I, yeah, I guess I'm also just not watching it as closely as I could be to be nitpicking on it as much as I do on Glee, just because I watch Glee. Right, for, for I actively, that. actively watch Glee and like other stuff. I just kind of watch to watch. I'm usually doing something else, cross stitching or knitting or something. But um, yeah, I don't know. It definitely it like I'm enjoying it though for what it is. I think I just like I think I have a girl crush on Catherine McPhee. Oh. So I am enjoying. Like, here's the thing about it. If it, I am enjoying it because it's of the concept. Like, I love Broadway. I love musicals. So if you're going to do a TV show about a Broadway musical, I'm going to watch it. Um, if it was the same creative team and the same actors and um, it was about them putting together a rock band, I would not be watching it. Because <laughs> um, I think it's, like, I really, like, there, there are two things I like about it. I like the um, the New Yorkness of it, which we've said. Like, yeah. and even it's in the dialogue. Like, it's clearly written by and and made by people who know New York and know how New York people talk and what they do and all that stuff. Um, and clearly don't know Iowa from yeah. what I'm getting at um, all. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you know, the at first I was excited about the whole like creating a Broadway musical. Cause I'm like, Oh great. And they had like a scene in one of the episodes where they were like shuffling the songs around like when it was Deborah messing and, and Tom uh, shuffling things around. And I'm like, okay, good. This is what I want to see. I want to see like, you know, them kind of creating this musical. And I like the musical moments obviously, because that's who I am. Um, but I just think it's really poorly done in every way. <laughs> like I think it's, Everything is so predictable that, oh, okay, Catherine McPhee, don't forget, you have you have to come to my my very important dinner tonight. Don't be late. Oh, oh, I won't be late, darling. I have a rehearsal, and then I'll go straight from there. So what happens? She's late. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but um, what like what else did you want to happen? I just didn't want that entire sequence to play out exactly as as soon as I sniffed it, it would, and it did. And it wasn't done in any kind of clever way. Like, whereas, however, I, I, I don't want to be too hard on it. Because, like, you know, the scene, obviously, like, okay, well, her boyfriend's going to get jealous of this director. But that being said, that scene with the two of them from this week's episode where they meet and they're just trying to out-British each other, I thought was really fun. Yeah. Um. So it, it does have, it it has potential. But I think, like, it's, um. if you read the Huffington Post, um, they have whoever, they don't recap Smash, but somebody there, I don't know who the writer is, does this thing after Smash where they just list the eye roll moments of Smash. <laughs> so it's like, you know, every moment of the, of the show that you would have rolled your eyes. So like, you know, um, when the guy tells Deborah Messing that she smells nice. <laughs> when Ivy says, you don't think I got the part because I slept with him when every time the word I was mentioned, like <laughs> all of these things that happen, that is just so like, Oh God, they're not going to go there. Oh, of course they are. Oh, they're not going to. Oh yeah, they did. Oh yeah. Um, so it's just like, I just, I don't think it's a very good show. And I don't think, um, I, I mean, but I think it's going to last this season. Certainly. I know the ratings significantly went down from the premiere to the next episode. I don't see it being like a huge hit, but I think, and I think it's kind of expensive for them to do. Just because there's musical numbers. And yeah. I mean, Angelica Houston doesn't come cheap. And even it's directed by Michael Mayer, who's a big time Broadway director. So it's it's got enough pedigree where I, I don't know how long it will last. Um, 
And I know I, of course, be happy just if they just filmed Marilyn the musical. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying I think it's I, I it appeals to me because of its subject matter. But I just find it an incredibly flawed hour of television. Well, I don't know. I'm just watching it for what it is and enjoying it. And here's the thing about the karaoke baby shower. Oh, that was awful. Well, here's, on one hand, it's like, fuck yeah, karaoke baby shower. On the other hand, it's like, no, it's not a karaoke baby shower. It's, hey, let's go to this gigantic cafeteria bar, um, and we're going to get a table and give you your baby shower gifts. Pretty much. Well, other people are karaokeing. Four guests. With our four guests and, like, 500 other people that are just at the karaoke bar. Like, can't you rent a private room? Yeah, that was a little weird. That, that little whole weird. thing was weird. And then they sang Redneck Woman, and they're <laughs> from Iowa. I don't think they're rednecks there. I, they're Midwestern. I don't know. I don't know Maybe I'm just too New York because, like, I didn't even think of that until everybody pointed it out to me later. <laughs> like, when every, like, blog post about Smash was saying, like, oh, rednecks in Iowa. I was like, oh, yeah, they're not Southern. <laughs> you, were they, just, like, you were just like, it. oh, they're not in New York. <laughs> she is a brunette and she is polite. So, therefore, she's a redneck from somewhere not New York. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's Smash. We'll, Smash. we'll keep covering yeah, it. Well, yeah, yeah, um, we'd love for our listeners to chime in on how they feel about it. Anyone watches it. Anyone I, I know Lisa's watching it, but I, I think Lisa stopped listening to us because I think she stopped watching Glee. Oh, <laughs> we'll tell her just to listen to the first half hour where we talk about everything else. Yeah, I, I know last time she was here and I spoke to her, I was like, have you heard blah, blah, blah on, on our last episode? And she was like, no. And I like referenced the past two episodes and she was like, no. <laughs> like, uh, no. And I was like, okay. I was like, I guess, okay. I mean, I don't care. She cannot listen to us. I'm not obligating her to listen to us. But it was just funny because I was like, oh. (laughs) I mean, I I do. I feel as though, and I think it's just been because you and I have been very annoyed and disenchanted with Clee lately. Yeah. Um, That, and I would definitely say, and this is easily going to be my low point of this episode, is that it made me really, like, um, it made me realize that there is nothing I'm, not that there's nothing I'm looking forward to in Glee, but that I kind of don't care about anyone on it. Yeah. I'm... Other than, I guess, Kurt and Blaine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and even thinking of, like, looking ahead of to next year. And not, I mean, we're not stopping anybody. Don't worry. We're just going to be harder on it, probably. Yeah. But even, like, looking ahead to next year and, like, thinking of the characters that are, if they even did the whole, like, high school guys, we're, we're sticking with them. I'm like, I don't care about them either. Like, so it, it was... This episode, um, which I mean, we'll get into shortly, I think in particular was this kind of like moment of realization of I just I don't really I'm not emotionally as invested as I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, um, but yeah, so we've, maybe we've also just been trying to cater to our non-Glee audience. <laughs> like, hey, you don't watch Glee? Sure. <laughs> For the first half hour. Seriously. You'll learn about duvets. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right. So, oh, there was one more thing we wanted to bring up. Um, um, yes. We are curious as to what our listeners' interest in a Facebook group would be. We're probably going to start one up. And um, I feel like I don't know if a lot of our listeners are on Facebook. Maybe we're just not friends with them on Facebook. You should search us out um, and befriend us. And um, that way we can we can chat on a Facebook group instead of – well, not instead of, but in addition to Palaver. In addition to Palaver. Because, I mean, I think – you know, we we both love going to Palaver, uh, and I think we have a really great core group of people who come to Palaver and, and 
talk in detail about the episode, which I'm not, I have no plans of stopping doing. Yeah, no. Um, Because both of us really like that. And that's something I love about Palaver is that you can keep, you can write very long posts and <laughs> you can have much longer discussions. I think on Facebook, just the nature of it is much shorter and it's harder to, I think, sometimes say everything. Um, but that being said, I know, um, you know, a lot of the podcasts we listen to have very active Facebook groups. Um, and so we're just putting it out there that people who are not on Palaver, who are on Facebook, um, if you can even just email us at, at Gleecast at gmail.com, um, just to let us know, like, you know, if you join and stuff, because we don't want to be that sad group that, like, that has, join, members. Like, that has like eight members and like, you know, eight of them are, or two of them are my cats. Like, that's yep. kind of sad. Um, and no, my cats aren't on Facebook yet. Yet. Yeah, but you can look for us. Um, I'm probably easy to find because I think I'm the only Emily and Travia out there. Uh, you I'm, might be a little harder. I'm a little harder, but if you look through Emily, if you find Emily first, then mm -hmm. you can find me. But um, I use my middle name, though. It's Erica Lynn Kelly. So. And, and I use Emily in Travia, spelled exactly how it sounds. Yep. Mm hmm Okay, so now we can talk about Glee. Glee. Uh, the episode was called, was it Heart? Oh, I don't even know. It should have uh, been called yes. Cheese Heart. It should have been called Heart. Hickory Farm Cheese Heart. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have gone That's with. what we seem to be zeroing in on here. I really like cheese hearts. I like anything made of cheese in a shape. Um, or made of just made of cheese. Uh, so this episode, written by Ali Adler, who, uh, interesting person, TV writer and producer for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> she wrote a few early episodes of 90210. Oh. Uh, and some very good ones. Oh, she wrote the one where Andrea has to move into her grandma's house because she's been lying about it all that time. Mm -hmm. And that episode has a montage. So I already like Allie Adler. Allie Adler, I believe, and I might be wrong about this, but I think if the internet is not lying, was the um, uh, now ex-partner, but used to be um, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne's partner. Ah. I think they have a child together. But I don't think they're together anymore. So just interesting little tidbit about um, this woman who wrote Glee. Uh, directed by Brad Fatchlock. Yes. Okay. Love is in the air. And also on every McKinley High School student's necklace, tank top, locker decoration, or mind as Valentine's Day rolls in. Artie and Rory battle it out for Sugar's heart, with Rory emerging victorious through the threat of deportation. Rachel and Finn get a taste of their future as their parents attempt a reverse psychology psych out. But alas, they remain in love, engaged, and boring. Mercedes finally gives into her feelings for Sam, but because she's really mopey and Christian or something, they can't actually be together, even though they are together in the God Squad, along with Quinn and new student Joe, who must consider what the Bible says about sexuality before agreeing to sing in the name of lesbian love. Kurt's love situation gets complicated when his secret admirer is revealed to be none other than David Karofsky. Gorillagrams were received. Sugar's innocence may have been deceived. Sam Sadie's is my new pet peeve, and that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> Um, so a, a pretty light episode plot-wise. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on. Set up, certainly. Um, but a lot of a lot of just little things. So um wanna start with the Artie Rory Sugar thingy? Sure. So Sugar is gonna have a party at Breadsticks, a, a Valentine's Day party, much like they had last year. Who threw it last year though? Did the Warblers throw it last year? Ooh, I don't remember. Blaine sang, but yeah. I don't. I, I think. Oh, I I want to say it was like the Warblers. Oh, it was were like a, performing or something there. Wasn't, wasn't it? it like a Lonely Hearts? <gasps> the Lonely Hearts Club. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that last year's Valentine's Day episode was so good. Yeah, it was far God better. Damn it. Um. So Sugar's dad 
rents who's not in the out, mafia. yeah, who's not in the mafia, rents out breadsticks for her, and she wants everybody who's going to be there to have a date. Mm-hmm. So she implies that she will not be single when she attends, and Artie and and what's his face, Rory. <laughs> I must call them. I Blaine. call them. I call them Roy here. <laughs> Rory. Danny boy um, blue eyes. I used, Danny boy eyebrows. As I used yeah. to call. They start to battle it out in a lovely montage to win Sugar's heart. And Rory ultimately wins uh, after he tells everybody that he only has, um, he has to go back to Ireland at the end of the school year. Yeah. Now, obviously, we don't believe that, right? No, I, I, yeah, yeah, especially, well, I believed it until the end when he was like, when she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you. He's like, what? Oh, right. Oh, don't worry about it. Um, I kind of knew as soon as he said it, I did. I just was like, ah, oh, that's a good, that's, that's a good trick. Like Artie can't beat you there, you know? Right. But like all, that's all he ever sings about is fucking Ireland. <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Oh, I'm going to Ireland. I have eyebrows. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't, I wanted to like this story a lot more than I did. And I wanted to like it cause I really do like, um, what is her name? Vanessa Lenji's sugar. Sure. I like her. Like, I think more and more, um, she, like, she's fun and she's something different, ugly. I um, like her a lot. And so, like, I like her and I really wanted, and, like, I get this story. It makes perfect sense. Like, I like that it's these two guys who sort of have, um, what's the word I'm looking for that won't sound un-PC? Oh, disabilities. Disabilities. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of potential that should have made this really good. And it was, it wasn't awful. I think it had cute moments. Um, mostly the song. I really liked that montage. Yeah, the montage but was great. I just, I, and the biggest problem is that I just don't give a sh- Even though I kind of liked him in the Glee Project, I just don't give a fuck about this kid. No, they realized that, you know, maybe this year on the Glee pa- Project, they'll have acting competitions. I really um, hope they do. Because that was a big, big fault that I think they realized because no one can fucking understand him. But, um... Again, and this is just another example of the same thing we've been talking about the entire season is that they're just rushing things. Like, this is something that could have been sparked a few episodes earlier, which I think they kind of tried to do. They kind of did with Artie, I think. Not so much with Rory, but Artie asked her out like two episodes ago. And she turned him him down flat. So why all of a sudden is she now considering his affection when she just turned him down two episodes ago? Like, it's counterproductive. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go. Um, I hope not far, just because I really don't want, like, I, I don't think Rory, Danny Boy, um, can handle it. <laughs> like, yeah. In terms of having, like, a big story, I just, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's a good enough actor for it. And I don't think his character can handle Sugar. No, no. I, I think Artie and Sugar could be interesting. But I don't know. I almost, I think what I what I kind of started to think of with Artie is I I don't need him in a relationship anymore. I like the possibilities they get with him. I like when they, um, like, you know, when he was directing or when, like, the Michael Jackson episode, when he kind of was just really angry. Like, I think Artie is a good character on his own. And I I don't think we need to see him in another relationship because we've seen him in, we've seen him kind of be, like, a jerk in a relationship. We've seen him, get his heart uh, like, in get a his heartbroken, break hearts, like... I don't need to see anything else with him. Yeah. I'd rather just see him, I don't know, like um, write a novel or, or just do something very different than get into film school. (laughs) Yeah. Go to film school or, you know, 
the um <laughs> build a supersonic wheelchair. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just want him to do something that doesn't have to do with a relationship because I'm bored by that. Yeah, and there has to be something else this kid can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's that storyline. Yep. Uh, where should we go? How about the God Squad? Oh, what happened to the celibacy club? Why are they got the God Squad all of a sudden? Um, maybe because they. That's a good question. Like it's the same members. It's the same meeting room. We're it's just... not quiet. Like there's no Rachel now. Well, yeah. Yeah, but Rachel it doesn't believe in celibacy anymore. Like that's she only good. joined because she it's thought. Thin. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I, I mean, the only difference is that there was boys there now, but it could still be the celibacy okay. club, even okay, if Erica. there's boys. I got it. Do you want to know why um, there's a God Squad? Yes. Uh, because, as we learned from the Glee Project, Ryan Murphy uh, apparently has always wanted to write a Christian character. Right. And never seemed to know how to do it, and finally found a way to do it, which is by introducing the idea of the God Squad... Uh, and having the religious characters in there, and then introducing Joe as Cameron from the Glee Project, but with tattoos and dreads. As, yes, as Cameron from the Glee Project. As yes. Joe, um, played by Samuel, who won the Glee Project, uh, is actually playing the part of Cameron from the Glee Project. If you watch <laughs> the Glee Project, you know exactly what we mean. <laughs> Only uh, he's got dreads and Bible tattoos. Yes. As soon as he said the fucking Bible tattoo line, oh, which yeah. um, if you watch Lee Project, you know, if you didn't, then you have to th- know the thing about Samuel was Samuel was like portrayed just kind of as like, you know, the dready hippie kid, blah, 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 blah. And then um, like was doing great the whole season, like never gotten to the bottom, blah, blah, blah. And then like, of course, because it's Ryan fucking Murphy. He was like, I'm kind of bored by you. I don't know who you are. You don't challenge me because he was Ryan Murphy and he's bored. So um. I can't remember how exactly this conversation came up, but basically, like, Ryan Murphy's like, you know, I mean, I wanted to write a Christian character, and Sammy Samuel's like, yo, dude, I'm Christian! I got religious tattoos! <laughs> um, and sure enough, his tattoos are supposedly Bible quotes, which I'm sorry, but I think is really stupid. Yeah. No offense to, I don't know, people who have tattoos of Bible quotes, but seriously, Bible quotes? I mean, it's not, anyway. Um, so it does... Uh, I, and I don't know yet how to feel about Joe... Um, because he hasn't joined the Glee Club yet, which is kind of yeah. strange. And he's, I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, to our listeners who did not watch the Glee Project, what did you think of Joe, and what did you think of of the actor? Yeah, because I don't know. Like, I feel like I was expect just watching it. Everything that came out of his mouth, and the same thing happened with um Damien. Everything that came, or Roy. bless you, bless you. Oh, I heard like a sound. Sounded like you moved. You blew your nose or something. Oh, no, I think I just, I think I hit the microphone with my ah, shoulder. Ah, okay. That was Sorry. Bless your shoulder. Um, <laughs> Bible, Bible quote your shoulder. <laughs> the, um, it, it, what, the problem was the same thing happened with Rory where we knew that Brittany wasn't going to understand a word he said because yeah. Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan were like, Brittany wouldn't understand a word he said. And literally that's exactly what they had her say to him. And that's kind of exactly what it felt like with Joe in this case where Ryan Murphy kept talking about how well, I really want to know, um, I want to have a Christian character. I want a positive Christian character, you know, who maybe has to grapple with um, uh, what it what it homosexuality means and everything. And basically every line of dialogue Samuel had was straight out of Ryan Murphy's mouth a year ago. Yep. Um, I don't think Samuel was bad. 
Uh, I mean, I think he's got a presence. He's a really good looking guy. He can sing. Um, he could be interesting, but I just, I feel like I know him because I already heard what Ryan Murphy wanted to do with him and he didn't surprise me. Right. Like it's not, it's not going to go anywhere now. Like he did everything he wanted to do with him and now he's just going to be a background character. Right. For five Rory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious now. So because we have one more Glee Project winner yet to go for the show. Uh, Erica and I hate him. Despise him. I hate this fucking kid. Uh, on one hand, I'm really intrigued though, because like, I feel like he's the one that I don't know what Ryan Murphy wants to do with him. However, I'm saying that, but I'm putting my money on it right now. Want to bet he's going to be in drag. Oh yeah. Right. So we're just going to be, well, it'll be something further for Samuel to grapple with. Like Kurt, Kurt and Blaine will take him to the, to the gay club and there'll be what's his face in drag and he'll have to deal with that. Yeah. I would be surprised. Um, so you're hearing it here first, people? Or, you know, Ryan Murphy will listen to this and then take you're our like, idea and use it. Yeah, we we didn't have anything here. But let's just say they've been listening. Yeah. You'll know what we mean next week. They've been listening. They have. So um, now, so, okay, Joe did. Now, I don't know. I, I like that they tried to do something with, okay, but what if a traditional Christian gets confronted with homosexuality? How is he going to react? Um, yeah, and they, they handled it fine. You know, he said, love is love and right. la la la. And yeah, they had a decent conversation about it. and stars. Yeah, it was a very written conversation, I think. The God Squad, when, you know, Quinn says this and Mercedes says this. And it, it felt like a very written scene. But I don't mind them having it because I think it was, you know, it was a positive it was positive in the way that a, you know, ultimately they came down to, okay, it's okay. And then B, <laughs> you know, it is good to hear this conversation because people have these, people do have these conversations or they should. Um, so, you know, and we don't see it on Glee so much because we, everybody at this point just accepts um, the accepts, game characters. Yeah. And it, it's good to, it's, it's good to know, to remember, or it's important to remember that not everybody does or is going to. So, mm-hmm. you know, this was one taste of that. Um, so they handled that fairly well. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, let's, before we, uh, okay, what do you want? Karofsky or um, Rachel Finn? Uh, let's talk about Karofsky, because that's, it's shorter. Okay. Uh, Karofsky uh, sends secret admirer gifts to Kurt uh, as a gorilla. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but they were handwritten. At this point, Kurt should know Blaine's handwriting and should be able to tell that they weren't from his boyfriend. That's a good point. Because, I mean, they're in high school. You have to take notes in high school. Like, mm-hmm. definitely. And you're passing and, notes anyway. Yeah, and like... Oh, you know, <gasps> do kids still pass notes or do they text each other? I guess they text each other. Wow! But, but still, you have to take notes. I mean, like, I don't even... We're not in high school or college, and I know what Mike's handwriting looks like. Sure. Like, we, yeah, we don't write as much, nearly as much as we used to, but we sh- you should still know what your boyfriend's handwriting looks like. Yeah, fair enough. That aggravated me to no end. <laughs> um, what aggravated this? I mean, I don't know. It was obviously set up and we're not going to we're not touching what comes comes yet. But um, the, pro- the pr- biggest problem I had is simply Max Adler's name was name was in the opening credits. I don't know if you caught that. I did. Like, I'm watching the show. I see the opening credits, so I see Max Adler. I'm like, oh, okay, Karofsky's in this episode. And then as soon as Kurt's like, I have a secret admirer, I'm like, well, it's oh. Karofsky. 
it, I don't know if anybody else caught that and like it just fucking ruined the surprise for me this time because it I mean and I don't honestly I think I would have probably guessed it anyway yeah because who else I, is it going to be clearly laid out where it wasn't Blaine it just was it's not Blaine and it's not Sebastian and we right. don't have any other gay characters that so. we know of that we know of true um so you know Karofsky I think I I know I believe Helene says this in her feedback um and so she's, she will explain it better when we get to that. But I do think um, this storyline worked because Chris Colfer and Max Adler are really good. Yes. And I think they're really good together. And they they can take iffy writing and turn it into a really believable scene between two teenagers. Yep. Um, because, I mean, I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, come on, Karofsky. Like, this is the, like, you know, Kurt's with Blaine. You're going to do this in a public place when you're still in the closet. Like, there was a lot you could attack in this scene. There's a lot you could defend because you could just say, well, you know, you're in high school and you're not thinking and you really expect things to work out, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, but I just, I don't think it was as good a scene as it could be, but it was still good because the actors made it good. Made it good. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, okay. Do we have any more to say about that or just um, let that sit there? For a week or so. Yeah, we'll let that sit there we, for a we week. We will come or back so. to that, obviously. Uh, now, lastly. We... Oh, wait. I skipped a story, didn't I? Did you? Did I? I don't remember. Was Sam and was Mercedes? Oh, yeah. This episode? It wow. was. I didn't even write that down in the plot. Because it's. Because mad. it is awful and painful. So Mercedes finally told Shane, Shane cried, felt like he got punched in the heart, and Mercedes won't be with Sam anyway because she feels guilty or something or another or something. Well, the best is like when she's like, I cheated on him. Yeah. What did they do? I don't, that's what I wrote <laughs> so down too. Because I don't even, they did kiss, they even, right? They kissed yeah. after so long. Oh, okay. I couldn't um, remember if they kissed or not. And I guess in high school, maybe that constitutes cheating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if. I don't know if my boyfriend kissed another girl. I I would be angry. Um, If you're listening, Brandon, I will. I would be angry, (laughs) but I wouldn't be like you cheated on me. Like, no, you kissed another girl, which is a, you know, mild form that could lead to cheating. But like the way she said it was so like, you know, I cheated. I had sex in Shane's bed with you or something. Yeah, it was it was overly dramatic. Mm -hmm. Very very dramatic. Um, but, but yeah, but it was just so mopey and fucking dull and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think all of it can be summed up in the song, which we'll get to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then there was Rachel and Finn. Oh, Rachel and Finn. Now, the good news is that it did bring about the adults in their lives. It did. Um, and we are never going to ever complain about having, um, Mike O'Malley on Glee. No, never. Or or Rosemary, I forget her name. Yeah, Rosemont, I, I think. I, I always her. feel bad she gets shafted, but I think she's wonderful. She um, she's yeah, great. Uh, and I like you know them together. I should we start talking about Stokes Mitchell and Goldblum? Yeah, I love them. I think <laughs> the writing was a little bit. <laughs> how to say it? The writing was a little gay, <laughs> and I mean that. In yes, the writing was a little bit. Oh, we're, we're going to make sure Jeff Goldblum was always in a purple V-neck. And like, it was a little bit, I won't say too far. It was a little bit stereotype, but not over. Like, I think it, it towed a line where it could have been like a little bit eye rolling. Um, and I think there were some lines that were, 
but overall, I like the sentiment. They were exactly what I would believe Rachel's dads to be. It was very, it was very, it was almost forced banter. Yes. Like they, in a way, I believe that's, that yeah, her parents probably do do forced banter. Probably, yes. Yeah. Especially um, around her. Right. But yeah, no, I agree. I think that's that's the best description of it. It was it was sitcom like dialogue. It was dialogue that was again, this was a very sorry, Alia. This was a very written episode where a lot of the dialogue felt like it came out of a writer's mouth versus the character. Uh, And I think that was the best example was, you know, the dads could only. Yeah. Um, But I I won't like I still chuckled a lot. Yeah, they were endearing. Of course they were, because they're two in, in, interesting, endearing, and talented actors. Yeah, and their whole, oh, let's use reverse psychology on the kids thing was a bit far-fetched, but amusing nonetheless. Yeah, and it almost worked. Almost. Of course, we don't really know why it didn't, because we cut away when they resolved it. Yeah, that was resolved off-screen. I'm glad like, we kissed and made up, so... Like, they, how did you do it? And like, then he felt better? Right, did he poop? Did he not poop? Is the I poor can't. kid, like... like, <laughs> it's like, like compacted like, bowels. Yes, well, uh, we're, we're gonna go to Breadsticks, primarily so that I can use the restroom and take a shit there. So, I'll make up with you so we can go to Breadsticks so I can poop. Yeah, like, is that what happened? We have no idea. We can fill in our own, like, how this was resolved, basically. Um, Because Glee clearly didn't know how to do it themselves. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, a very fluffy episode. Very fluffy indeed. I'm okay with. I I like when shows always acknowledge the holidays. Um, Sometimes shows don't. Like, you know, we talked about this, I think, a while back. Like, Buffy only had, what, two Halloween episodes? Um, I think so. And they had like what one Christmas episode? Like, no, like give us every fucking holiday because they only come once a year. But they had a Thanksgiving episode. They had a Thanksgiving episode. Ah, uh, but it was on seven years. Like, you can't do something, you know? You can't do the Thanksgiving episode again. No, apparently not. I'm just saying, like, so I I like that. You know, I like that I can expect. A Christmas episode and a Valentine's episode from Glee every year. Like, I think it makes sense. They're both, like, kitschy holidays anyway, kind of. Um, so it it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to another kind of bubbly uh, Valentine's Day episode next year. I would have liked this one to have been as good as last year. It was not in any way. No, it was not. Yeah. Um, so with that, should we move on to the songs? songs? Mm-hmm. Should uh, there was a snippet of this one, and I wanted more of it. Yep, it was the introduction of Mr. and Mr. Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Chapel of Love, excuse me, by the Dixie Chicks. Or going to the chapel by somebody who wrote it, like, 50 years ago. I'm going off of the official Glee song list, and that's what it listed it as. Did they really? Like, is wait, 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 this is this is kind of madness to me. First of all, now, did they release this song? Do you know? Um, I'd be really yeah. surprised if they did. I mean, Stokes Mitchell could do it, but I, I, I wouldn't expect them to, like, put Goldblum in the recording studio and have him hammer out a song that would only go on iTunes. Unless people are clamoring for the uh, Jeff kids on iTunes have been waiting for their Jeff Goldblum album. Um, it says TBA. To be... Announced, um, but it but a lot of other songs already say like volume seven. Okay, 
Um, actually, nothing from this episode says anything. Here, wait. Oh, I okay. just, oh no, I can't. Uh, I'll check iTunes on my phone. I don't want to open iTunes because all my iTunes music is on my external hard yeah, drive. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah. Well, I don't know where it is right now. I, I'm just kind of like oh, I'm no. offended. Oh, no, it's it's. I'm sorry. I totally just read it wrong. Oh. It says the, I read it wrong and then transferred it wrong. It says the Dixie Cups. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just like. That's really offensive. Like, I know, I don't, I'm saying this, I don't know who actually originally sang Going to the Chapel, but I know it's a song from, like, you know, the 1960s. No, but it is called Chapel of Love. Chapel of Love, right, right, right. But it's by the Dixie Cups. I apologize. That's my fault. They are the great aunts to the Dixie Chicks. I was transposing notes and I read it very quickly. Okay. Um, And I was like, and of course, I was just like, oh, that's weird. And I just went with it. I like how much time we've spent on a song that one bar of it is sung. I know. Okay, so next song. Um, the next song was L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole. Okay, um, I loved this. It was really cute. And the, again, this was the whole um, Damien. Yeah, the montage of upping one another for Sugar's Heart. Models love. I really uh, liked it a lot. It was, again, Tina and Mike are, you know, not they're the perennial bridesmaids of the show, quite literally, sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it was really cute for them to be together. They're both, I mean, Mike Chang is obviously a great dancer. Tina also can dance. Um, Some so it's, I mean, I, you know, I, I think she can, she's kind of a, like a, more of a classical dancer probably. Um, so it's cute to have them kind of dancing with each other. Uh, it was just adorable. And Mike, um, Harry Shum Jr. didn't sound auto-tuned. No, I'm sure they like cleaned up some things, but he just, his voice sounded nice and natural and fine. And, um, it ended with a heart wipe. It did. Which, right away, I don't care how shitty the song is, it's going to get an A-plus for me, for the heart wipe alone. Um, so, and I like when they do this, you know, when they have a song and have other things happening. Yeah. It's just, it's more when interesting. it's not just a performance. Exactly. Um, which, you know, Glee has been doing a lot this year. Yes. Uh, um. So, I did like a lot that, you know, they use this time, and in a way... You, one could actually argue the reverse and be like, God, Tina and Mike finally get a song and they're barely in it. Yeah, but, something else know. is going on. Exactly. Um, but I dug it. It was good. Yeah. Um, so the next song was Let Me Love You by Mario. <laughs> okay. Or, I thought it was You Should Let Me Love You. <laughs> no, Let Me Love You by Mario or Mario, depending on where you are regionally. And it was done by Artie Abrams and the boys backing him up. And it was for Sugar Bada. Okay, I'm glad you gave that description because um, I rewatched this episode on Sunday and now it's Wednesday. And I wrote down, You Should Let Me Love You. And I wrote down the note, I like the guys in the background. But I had no idea what this was in reference to. It was just already rapping, basically. It was already rapping. Um, the guys were cute dancing. Yeah, I feel like this would have been a good number for them to use um, Kevin McHale's dancing. Like, I think it could have been. I think they could have gone a lot further with it. It could have been like a fantasy in Sugar's head where Artie can walk and he dances mm-hmm. with her. Like, yeah. I think it could have gone to a really cute place because you could imagine what Sugar's imagination looks oh, like. Like, God, I want to live there. Unicorns and candy and very pink. I think they could have done a lot more with it and I was a little disappointed in it. But otherwise, that's a good point. Was, yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. It was fine. It was just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the next song was Stereo Hearts. Or, in my words. I don't have your notes open. What oh, is mine was, I wrote, the God Squad rap one. 
And in parentheses, oh. my heart's a stereo question mark. <laughs> it's called Stereo Hearts. It's by uh, Gym Class Heroes, and it features Adam Levine of Maroon 5 and um, The Voice fame. Right. Um, I actually really like the song, and I enjoyed this number, and I enjoyed that they finally acknowledge that it gets cold in Lima, Ohio. <laughs> well, because so, it is fucking February. It's February, and they were kind of, they were actually wearing some outdoor clothing. Mm. Um, I do feel like Samuel showed up to set, and they kind of just let him keep on what he had on for the entire episode. Quite possibly. <laughs> they were like, yeah, just wear your own clothes. We don't need to dress you. It's fine. <laughs> You're saving <laughs> us on the budget for all those cheese hearts. Yeah. Like we 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 cast all of you kids from the Glee project, so uh, we don't have that much money in the budget to dress all of you. So you should you should just wear your own clothes. That's the price you pay for you know actually being on the show. <laughs> um, this one I thought it was cute, and I think I wrote the note like, oh, it's cute again. Like everything to me in this episode, all the songs were mostly kind of cute. Yeah. Um, which isn't terrible for a Valentine's Day episode. Uh, I they did one thing that I really liked, which was um, I think. They changed a line in the song where Sam got to say something like a trouty. trouty. (laughs) It's a trouty. Yeah, yeah, which is cute. That being said, I I think there's only one white guy on the show who should rap, and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. He said, uh, check it, trouty. Yeah, yeah, which is cute. But I didn't like Sam rapping. It was weird. Oh, and it was super amusing that Rachel couldn't couldn't even let them sing the song to her. She had to sing along. (laughs) Like, she couldn't even sit there and let them perform for her. She had to perform also. Um, uh, the only but, thing I oh sorry I was I think we're about to say the same thing. What was with the gospel choir? Why did they need to be oh, there? No, I forgot about the gospel <laughs> choir because Mercedes is in the God Squad and she was like, "Hey, bitches, you got a gig today." Yeah, no, that was that was Come absurd. On. Why do we show up and maybe I'll give you some of my tater tots? I um her tater tots. Remember when Mercedes was addicted to tater tots? <laughs> Oh god! In a season that shall not be remain, not be named, but shall always be remembered. When yes, Mercedes had this storyline <laughs> where she got angry because the school was taking away tater tots. Oh god! Glee. The sad thing is, I kind of would prefer that to the Sam Sadies. True. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say about this? Oh, uh, I was just going to say um, the only thing I didn't like was the pacing of the episode because um, whatever song the Artie song happened. And then literally there was like somebody walked down a hallway and then this song happened yeah. and it was just felt too crammed in and like there was not nearly enough there room. There was a lot of songs this episode. One, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine songs this episode. Like they need to tone, scale it back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially when they're kind of blah, like when all when there were, you know, when they're not standout songs, yeah. you're allowed to cut one, Glee. It's okay. Like the next song. Oh, God. Okay. Now, first of all, I've never, this is Let Me Go Home. This is Home. Oh, same Home thing. by Michael Bublé. Hey, remember when they did an episode called Home? And, <laughs> and every said song said 9,000 times in the episode. Yeah. Uh, I have never heard this song. I will say I really liked the song. I was like, this is a really like pretty sweet, sad song. But um, uh, bored out of my mind when Damien sang it. Oh, God. So boring. All this kid does is sing about Ireland. Like, come on. I'd, if I was, Go back to Ireland. Yeah. If I was one of those kids in the Glee Cub, I'd be like, all right, that's enough. You're not allowed to sing any more ballads. You're not about, allowed to sing about home or your mom or Ireland or anything anymore. I'm sorry. Right. Ugh. Boring. Uh, just boring. Boring. A pretty song, though. Credit to Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Um, but boring song. Uh, speaking of boring. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, 
Then So obviously Glee wasn't planning on Whitney Houston dying, or were they? I think they planned it. <laughs> Ryan they Ryan Murphy snuck into the hotel room and I'm like yeah, gave me like, <laughs> hey Whitney, Whitney I got some stuff for you. Here. This is what I've been snorting. He's um, like, we need this to happen now because we're doing one of your songs on Tuesday. This will consecrate this song in the history <laughs> of mankind. Do it for Amber Riley, Whitney. Yeah, and she so, will always love you. You know, super sad for Amber Riley that Jennifer Hudson basically murdered the song on the Grammys two nights before. Oh, I didn't listen. I didn't watch the Grammys. I watched part of that performance. I didn't watch the Grammys either. I fast forwarded through them. Dave Grohl was on there three different times. Though. He just kept popping up like everywhere lately. The Foo Fighters performed like the twice. Jessica Chastain of the music industry. No, really though. The, the Foo Fighters performed their own song on one stage because there was like an outdoor stage. Like okay. Mike and I just fast forwarded through it for the performances because he wanted to see the Beach Boys reunion. Oh yeah. How was that? Um, Kind of sad. Oh. <laughs> they're so oh. old. So, I mean, they all sounded great, but they're just so old. Yeah. It's, and yeah, they're so old. Um, <laughs> so, so Dave, the Foo Fighters, which Dave Grohl is the lead singer of, which we know because he's had glee controversy, mm-hmm. um, they perform like their own song. And then some, uh, like, and then it's like a little while later, and we're at a different outdoor stage, and that. He had a song on Glee that David G U E L L A. I don't know what the fuck his last name is. That guy. Remember, okay. I was like, I don't know how to say his last name, but this is his song. He's basically okay. just a DJ. Like he doesn't sing. Okay. So he performed with someone else who I didn't know. Which, believe me, watching the Grammys just made me feel old because I was like, who is this? Who is this? Right. Who is yeah, this? Yeah. Um, That's why I didn't watch them because I. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then that perform. There was a lot of segueing in the performances into like other performances. It was very strange. There was like three different artists in every performance, so like they performed. And then there was another stage across the crowd where the Foo Fighters performed another song. And then next to them was another stage where they did a mashup with Dead Mouse. This is getting very complicated. Yeah, and then. Another while later, Paul McCartney, who also performed twice, Paul McCartney was doing, he did like, he did one thing with the guitarist from the Eagles, and then later on, he did um, Beatles songs, and then all of a sudden, like, everyone was on stage with Paul McCartney, including (laughs) Dave Grohl and Adam Levine, and everybody was playing guitar with Paul McCartney. It was very strange. But yeah, Dave Grohl just kept popping up everywhere. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Oh, and Adam Levine, Maroon 5 did, they started the Beach Boys performance, like, Maroon 5 did Surfer Girl, and then Foster the People, they sing that song, Pumped Up Kicks, which I really like. Oh, yeah. Um, They did another Beach Boys song, and then the Beach Boys actually came out and did Good Vibrations. But it was very strange, people just kept reappearing all throughout the night, I don't know. That's really bizarre. And then Nicki Minaj got really scary, and I turned it off. I don't know who that is. She's a rapper. She, okay. Did you watch the Super Bowl this year? Uh, was she the one that gave the finger? Uh, I didn't watch it, but um, I know. No, I think it was, no, it, that was MIA. I think MIA gave the finger. Nicki Minaj was the other one. Oh, no. She's I the watched one... part of the Madonna performance, and then I got bored. Like, kind of like Madonna, I got bored. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nicki Minaj is the one who's like, 
I rap like this really high, and then all of a sudden I get really scary. Ah. That's, that's what happens in her rapping. I, she's on a couple of Kanye West songs that I actually really like. Like, I think she's talented. I just think she keeps trying to do the Lady Gaga thing, and she should leave that to Lady Gaga and just rap. Yeah. Yeah. So after that detour onto the Grammys, um, j- well, uh, if we could bring it back around, the Jennifer Hudson, um, at the end of the mem- In Memoriam thing, which they forgot at a uh, Etta James in the In Memoriam. Did you know that? I did. I heard about that on Twitter and like the one person How I would have known that? in that In Memoriam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after the, like as part of the In Memoriam, Jennifer Hudson saying, I will always love you by Whitney Houston. And it was all very emotional and she looked great because she just lost all the weight and blah, blah, blah. But then poor Amber Riley had to do it two days uh, later. The thing is like what I wrote in my notes is meh and that song should never be meh because yeah. that is a song you do not tackle that song unless you're going to kill it mm-hmm. like it is just it's designed in such a way where you know you have to belt it you have to be able to belt in a way that is scary and chilling um and i can see why on paper they would have thought it was a good idea because i'm sure you know amber riley is can probably sing up has, has done other whitney houston and you know, when they probably brought it up here, she was probably like, yeah, totally. I want to do that. And this was before, you know, it was, it would have been timely, but it, she just was not strong enough for it. And I felt like anytime I've ever heard that song sung, I get the chills and I didn't get the chills with this one. And you know what? It was too strong of a song for this, that storyline. It's not because it's not like, you know, Sam is, I don't know, going into the army to die cause, or to go to drug addiction because according to Glee, that's what happens when you go into the army. Like, she just doesn't want to be with him right now because she feels really bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. Not a good, not a big enough moment for it. Um, Mediocre all around. Yeah. Yeah, just not, not the right choice. Um, so then we get kind of another half a little ditty. talk sung song. Yeah. Um, it was you at the top from Anything Goes, and it was Mister and Mister Mister Berries and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that they have dinner theater every night. Thank you, thank you for turning our dinner into dinner theater. And um, like that, I believe they've been doing that since yeah. she could speak. Like I like that. I do, but I, I it was so weird. Like they weren't really. I don't know. It's just Jeff Goldblum. That's exactly what it is because <laughs> he sings the way he talks with all the right. Um, I don't. I can't even do a Jeff Goldblum with all the awkward pauses, like uh, all the. No, now the, I'm doing. Yeah, now I'm doing uh, Swan. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get them confused. It's insulting to Jeff Goldblum. I know. I'm, I'm horrified. I even said that. Speaking of um, weird tangent to um, Kristen Stewart, because every time I see this, and I've seen that the preview for for the Snow White, there's you know for actually both Snow White movies, I keep seeing the fucking trailers for, mm-hmm. and the one with um, Kristen Stewart is just really hilarious, and I keep seeing it every time it comes on, I laugh because it's like Charlize Theron's like mirror mirror on the wall is a Ferris, and of course Mirror's like you all because you're Charlize fucking Theron. And then she does it again, and it's like, no, there is another more beautiful. And then it cuts to a close-up of Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Which now, Kristen Stewart is not an ugly girl. She's certainly a, a you know a pretty girl, except she's not when she's making the Kristen Stewart face. She has who farted face. And they cut to, like, her doing the who farted face. And it's just like, wait, who, okay, what? who in the world is going to bang Kristen Stewart before they're going to want to bang Charlize Theron? Come on now. Her and Eli Manning, perpetual Ugh. who farted face. If they had a baby, it would be a fart. It would. Or a poop. True. 
I don't know which. So anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I my note is that I really hope Brian Stokes Mitchell, like, you, you do not bring him on your show unless you're going to give him a big number at some point. And he better fucking get a solo and it will blow the house down. And I'll be devastated if he doesn't get one. Okay. It was okay. Cute. Now that I've threatened somebody's life. In the well, name, right? well so, we know, we know they're listening. So exactly. Um, then we have a mediocre mashup of cherish and cherish by Madonna and the association. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it was, I thought it was cute. Super mediocre. I like that. I, I don't think I realized it was a mashup. <laughs> How did you not realize it was a mashup? I don't know, because I know the older song, Cherish, and that's like what I was like, oh, yeah, they're doing older songs. And then there's the Cherish the Thought, it's the Madonna one. I guess I just didn't notice that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was cute. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then possibly the only highlight of the episode, Blaine <laughs> doing Love Shack. Well, let's. the highlight was the fucking hard eye patch. Let's it was. <laughs> um, and getting him back in a blazer with piping. Right, right, right. Oh, God, yes, he looks so good in a blazer with piping. He does. Um, the thing about this song, I'm going to say, well, <laughs> okay, there's one really, one low note that was just upsetting for me, which was I don't want to see Fen dancing in the middle of an ice lawn ever again <laughs> in my life. Why? <laughs> Whose decision was that? It would have been one thing if, like, all the characters did it. If it was, like, Finn dance and then Rachel dance and then, like, Artie wheels in and dances. But, like, no, it was just this weird cut to Finn making this goofy face and, like, doing the shimmy in between a hot swan. An ice sculpture. But it was weird and uncomfortable and I hated it. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me here. Now, you know how much I love Darren Criss. You know that. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Um, I, there was, and he looked perfect singing like with the typical Darren Chris faces where like he knows how to he is a performer to watch when he sings the the whereas I say like Amber Riley is is somebody I can listen to but I don't like watching because I don't think she knows how to use her body so much mm-hmm. um the thing was I didn't think his voice worked with this song I understand what you're saying but in such an episode of meh. <laughs> yeah. It was a meh. It was better than anything else in the episode. Right. Because the guy from the B-52s obviously has a very deep and distinctive voice. Right. And I don't think Darren Chris necessarily has that voice. But I think that's also why he only sang half the song. And then Kurt picked it up. Right. Which, and that part was adorable. And when, and when he has his own microphone. We're just so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Kurt's voice fits it a little more, but I think they wanted to put Blaine in the episode, so... Yeah, and, and I don't... I'm not upset they did, by any no. means. But yeah, okay. I, I'm glad you see my point. Because, like, I don't ever want to say anything bad about Because <laughs> I think he is amazing and perfect and wonderful. Um, but yeah, that was my only, like... He just didn't sound um, uh, nearly as good as he looked in the song. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about the music? I don't think so. All right. Should we uh, move on to high notes, low notes? Sure. Um, 
I have a couple of high notes. I think I, I, oh, I won't get ahead of myself. I have a couple of high notes. Um, Sugar Mata was just a high note in this yeah. episode. Everything about her, just her clothes, Agreed. her little story arc, her, mm. her lines. And her, like her demeanor, I think is great. Like the way she walks, the way she moves, like this actress has like a really great hold on this character yeah. in terms of her just physicality that I really like. Yep. P.S. My dad's not in the mafia. That's <laughs> um, sack. Yeah. Everything. She was just a silver lining on a very mm-hmm. yeah. gray, gray cloud. Yep. Is that your only high note? <laughs> no, 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 I have a couple more. I was going to okay. go back and forth. Okay. Um, I really liked the line because I think it was well written and really like the way it was delivered brought me back to Oldley, which is when Joe is talking about like being Christian and how he wants people to know that Christians aren't all crazy. And the line is just so perfect, which is, you know, I want people to know that we aren't all just door to door Bible, Bible salesmen like my dad. Yeah. Like it was just like a great line and delivery in the middle of a kind of ho-ho episode. And Sam's reaction to it was great too. Cause he's kind of like, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Puck had a couple of great moments this episode. I love okay. when he's like, oh, I found mine a couple of minutes ago and he's covered in chocolate. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm glad that we have like horny Puck back again as much mm-hmm. as I liked his... Like serious, responsible s- Puck. Yeah. like I, fun Puck. I know that, but I feel like we know that serious, responsible Puck is still there based on... Because from last episode, there's all those pictures of him and the baby in, in Quinn's mm-hmm. locker, right? Yeah. So we yep. know he's still being responsible, still seeing the baby, but he's sleeping with an entire entire sorority house. Yeah, he's back to, you know, fun puck. Yep. And uh, I feel like I had one more. Oh, I love when, when they're like, we're getting married. When's the baby's due date? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it like, wasn't even a question for him. Like, that's yeah. what you'd ask, right? That's what it means. Um, we already talked a little bit about, like, I like that they kind of tried to have this sort of, like, positive look at Christianity, just because I think it's, Nice of them to kind of open for Glee to open their own mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obviously my high note was Rachel taking an ice cube face bath, a la Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest, <laughs> the height of glamour. Um, the the line when Rachel tells everybody that they're registered up to Samuel French. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know what Samuel French is. It is the publication publicator that puts out. Like generally, if you ever have to buy a play, like the the, the book of a play, um, you know, some like publishers will put them out. But then you'll see anybody who's ever been in a theater department knows what I'm talking about. The um, the scripts for plays that are in these like little books and they're usually like a light pastel color and it's just black and white. There's no pictures or anything, but it's like this. It, it is the script for any play you've ever had to perform. Probably that's the public. That's the publisher. So that's where they're registered was a very like good Broadway joke um, or theater people joke rather. And then the other thing that um, <laughs> I liked was, and I didn't notice it until the second time I watched it and I did have to pause it to see it. But in the God squad meeting, they had a like dry erase board behind them. Mm-hmm. Did you notice they had like a bunch, they had like the itinerary for the meeting on there. And it was like, you know, number one, pray. Number two, discuss candy grams. Um, number three, pray about Artie's legs. Oh. Which is really cute. And then the last one, secretly baptize people. <laughs> which is really funny. That's kind of great. Yeah. Um, so I just, I liked, 
I like the, the attitude the writing had with the God Squad. Like, it wasn't mean and it wasn't, like, um, kind of diminishing it at all, but it was sharp. And I really liked that. Um, I have another moment to pause for was um, Brittany's playlist that she had on her oh, computer. Oh, I forgot about that. That she couldn't burn because <laughs> this was as far as she got without hope. Did Aww. you did you read the... Um, I know it was like Purple Pe- People Eater. Yeah, I have it. Okay. <laughs> I paused it and wrote it down. It was <laughs> Purple People Eater, Disco Duck, The Monster Mash, On Top of Spaghetti, Pac-Man Fever, Osama Yo Mama, and the Different Strokes theme song. <laughs> It's really cute. Which opens up a lot of questions. Well, yeah. The Purple People Eater in particular. And I feel like I had... Oh, and then um, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Leroy, had two really great lines that... Actually, I don't know who if if it was him or Jeff Goldblum who said the first line I have. Oh, no. One, one is a Jeff Goldblum line and one is... A, a Brian Stokes Mitchell line, but they both refer to Carol. Oh, I know what one of them is. <laughs> I love the, and you know, a little birdie told me blah, 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 who told a little birdie mom who used to wear a lot of denim. <laughs> no. And my other favorite is when Leroy's like, I like Carol after three Chardonnays because it's it, such a backhanded compliment. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it wasn't just the line. It was the way he said it. Cause it was like, I like Carol after three Chardonnays. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Like, like he was I, so ha- like he really did like her after three Chardonnays. And like he was like relieved that he did like her after three right. Chardonnays. Like yeah. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, I think that I want them to have their own sitcom. Like the like the like the two couples. They're neighbors in Hawaii <laughs> and they have a zany landlord played by Danny DeVito. I'm writing this in my head. I'm sorry. I okay. Be. You write that down. Okay. Um, do you have any more high notes? Uh no, I have low notes. Oh, there was one. La- there was one last good line, and it was it was let's roadhouse Finnegan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get <coughs> low notes. Okay, I think um, I said all my low notes, but I'll go over them again. Okay, um, the, just the whole Rory thing, because when Rory is giving the speech about how like he's gonna have to leave McKinley, it it just made me realize I have never seen him. I've seen him what. I have seen him have a minor friendship with Sam and like a mentorship with Finn in one episode. And that's it. I've never seen him interact with anybody. I've never really seen him have a story. I don't give a shit if he goes back to Ireland. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit if his plane crashes. And I I just, I didn't realize until this episode how little I cared about him. Uh, and like initially when I heard that line before I realized it was probably a lie, I was like, oh, well, like, I guess that. That's it. Like, they're not signing right. them back on for more yeah. episodes. Um, and I almost feel like now that we know it was a lie, I almost feel like it was a ploy to get a fan reaction to see if they want to keep him or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like, to see which way the... Well, wh- well because or, that's how Glee generally writes itself anyway. Or, you know, to see what our opinion is so that right. they can write it based on what we have to say. And then they can make it really mopey and um, boring and awful, like Sam Sadie's. Yeah. Well, you wanted them back together. We put them back together. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Uh, my low note. Oh, yeah, well, the line, I lied and I cheated, which Mercedes says. It's like, wait, what does cheating mean when you're 17? I don't know. I think that is what it means when you're 17. Oh. Um, I just felt really bad for the actor playing Shane because I just feel like he came on. And because he was in, what, like four episodes? Imagine you're a young actor. And I believe you might know this because I don't, that he was in Friday Night Lights, I think. Was he? 
I think so. I think he's or he was on another show where people say he is actually a good actor. But just imagine, like, you're excited. You got signed up for Glee, like, after getting critical acclaim at another show. Like, great, you have a four-episode arc. And, like, your role is to, every episode, say, hey, baby, want to get lunch? <laughs> and then in your last episode, you cry. Like, that's all this poor actor has to do, and I actually feel bad for him. And you don't even have a line. No. You're, you're no. crying during a song. This is your big episode where you get your heart broken, but you just tear. I'm I'm looking him up on the IMDb. Okay. Okay. He uh, might well, be in Friday Night Lights. I, I haven't. I, I mean, I'm he, only. I'm only on season two, episode like three. <laughs> I don't. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, the other low note I already said was that seeing Max Adler's credits in the names told me he was going to be on the show. And again, another case where I felt bad for the actor was Karofsky having to wear a gorilla suit, and oh, well, you know, it yeah. just felt like this, like, uh, you know, I would, you know, not like oh, I'd hate to be an actor in that situation because no, fucking, you're on a network television show. I'm sure you're very thankful to have to wear a gorilla suit, but it just felt like one of those, like uh, a poor choice on the writers that the actor has to pay for. Okay. So he's, he is eventually going to be on Friday night lights. I, I, well, obviously he was already because the show's over, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. He was on 24 episodes from 2009 to 2011. I assume he's going to be on the football team. However, I am not far yet. His name on the show is Dallas Tinker, which is <laughs> odd. Um, he uh, something I have seen him in. He was on Cougar Town, which I watch and love, despite what everyone thinks about it. Because yeah, I mean, Cougar Town is a pretty well liked show now. I think. Yeah, because... I think it's gotten a lot more respect after the whole this show is named Cougar Town thing, right? Yeah. Um, but and you know about the whole credits thing, right? Every time, the right? Name, they kind of make fun of themselves yeah, yeah. for naming it Cougar Town. Yeah, yes. and I mean the fact that community endorses Cougar Town makes yeah. me respect it. So, um, plain and simple, if community endorses like the next political candidate, then I'll probably get behind them. So he was, um, oh, and oh, well, that's weird. Well, he was uh, the son, Courtney Cox's son's roommate at college, and his name was uh, Lam. Wait, Cougar Down. Oh, no, that's his real name. Wait, his real name. Oh, his real name is LaMarcus Tinker. That's odd. And his name on Friday Night Lights was Dallas Tinker. Interesting. He was Kevin on Cougar Town. I was just reading it wrong. But, yeah, his real his real last name is Tinker. Interesting. Nice. And then he played a character with the same last name. That's odd. I would- okay. Um, low notes. I think I said all mine already. I, I just... I don't know. The whole episode was just meh. Yeah. And I'm trying to find one specifically, but I can't. (laughs) Um, I had a few stray observations. Okay. This episode brought back a lot of bedazzled microphones. It did. Which I'm happy for. Um, And the only other one. Oh, yeah. Um, So is my theory now is Santana, the new Yoda of McKinley High. Not so much Yoda as much as um, I'm I'm trying to think of like what type of character I'm thinking of. Is Santana's job on the show to now be the character? Okay, She's like okay. The here's Greek a better example. Chorus. Is she like the maids in The Help whose job it is to be great and wonderful and to help people learn their own mistakes? Because like last episode, we have a whole her teaching Will how to be a good teacher. And this episode, we have her teaching Joe to like lesbians. Like it yeah. was just a little weird to see. Because I... 
it wouldn't have bugged me this episode because, I mean, really, she was kind of just being Santana and, like, being like, oh, yeah, you sing to anybody, huh? Are you going to sing to me and my girlfriend? Like, that was okay, except for the fact that it followed an, a, an episode where she also was, like, challenging somebody else to uh, kind of open their eyes to something. Like, and, I mean, I love Santana, but it kind of felt like their writers have found a good tool that they think they can disguise because it's Santana. So they think it's just her being sassy. But really, it's like, no, she's really just teaching characters lessons. Well, you know what it is? And and Mike kind of pointed it out. And I was like, oh, you're right. Now that Brittany and Santana are actually in a relationship, they're really fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, he was like, I don't. He Mike was like, I miss Brittany. I don't like her in this relationship. Like, she's oh. super boring. She doesn't do anything anymore. And oh. I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. I mean, on one hand, I think that with Brittany, I'm okay with. And this goes for any show, likely. You know, characters are going to come to the forefront and dip back in the background throughout a season. Like, that's what should happen. Glee doesn't understand how to do that well, which is why they have Quinn, like, pounding you in the beginning with a really stupid storyline and then just not just being in the background in a way where you forget she's there. And they've kind of done that with Brittany where they were giving her so much and then it got kind of, I think they kind of overused her a little bit. And it kind of became, oh, we can give Britney a funny line here. Um, and it got, like, I think it kind of got a little tiresome. Um, and now, but now as a result, it's a little dull now because you do forget she's there. And even in scenes of dancing, even in, you know, the reason Heather Morris is on that, was on that show to begin with when everybody's dancing and you really just want to cut to Britney to have her do stuff. They haven't even been doing that, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure and I hope like, you know, the next cycle of stories will involve Brittany. But maybe it was just, you know, her time to step back while, you know, Quinn got into Yale. <laughs> Moving right along. Indeed. We'll just ignore that. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. Oh, uh, well, it's hard. It's so hard, but we'll keep going. Yeah. Um, so feedback. OK, we have um, two bits of feedback. Oh, we got another piece of feedback, which we'll save for the next episode, because yeah, that is obviously about to the to episode. another episode. Um, shall I start with Wayne Cupkeys? Sure. Can I be She-Ra? Oh, fine. <laughs> Wayne Cocky, who, of course, titles his email, Jeff Goldblum brings his oddly timed pauses to Glee. Uh, and he writes She-Ra, Princess of Power, Erica, and Laja, the precocious orchard queen. Ladies, I want you... Let me just make this bigger because I'm not wearing my glasses and I'm getting old. Okay, there we go. Ladies, I want you to imagine that you are at a restaurant, breadsticks perhaps, or the sugar shack. It's near the end of the meal. And the waitress asks you if you would like a refill on that diet sprite you've been nursing for the last half hour. You're sort of thirsty and diet sprite isn't your favorite beverage in the world, but you decide that having the refill would be better than not having the refill. So you say something like, sure, thanks. Several minutes later, this waitress returns, not with a diet sprite, but instead with an anguished expression. She tells you, dramatically, that there is no more diet sprite, that there will never be more diet sprite. She starts weeping and falling all over herself, totally oblivious to whether or not you care about this. You only sort of wanted a fizzy lemon lime drink, and now you have to deal with the waitress and her drippy theatrics. That, ladies, is how I feel about the Sam Sadie storyline. <laughs> it's the diet sprite which never arrives. Even if the I will always love you number weren't horribly timed, an unhappy accident in history, it would still be ridiculous and out of place here. The lyrics do not reflect in any way, shape, or form the relationship between Sam and Mercedes. Maybe, maybe if Rachel and Finn had decided to break up for the sake of Rachel's career, the song would have kind of sort of apply. But with Sam Sadie's? Come on, Glee. They barely registered as a couple. They were a blip on the narrative radar. 
radar. You can't go from zero to I will always love you in 60 seconds. <laughs> the only thing all of this proved is that I was right about Shane all along. <laughs> the guy was a teddy bear. He friggin' cried, ladies. That's the controlling <laughs> monster you've been railing against. He's Puff the Magic Dragon. No. Okay, Wayne. That I had read that at, at work a few weeks ago, and or not a few weeks ago, like last week. Um, and as as I was reading it, I started going through, it and I'm like, oh my god, like I knew exactly what he was getting at, and I think that is the best description of the Sam Sadie's line ever. Yeah, it's that's pretty spot on. It's like audience, you wanted Sam Sadie's, right? Here, we're giving it to you. It's so important and dramatic. No, it just I just thought they were cute together, and it was different. <laughs> Okay, Wayne continues, but Sam Sadie's aside, I gotta say, Heart was a fun one. Despite having one of the lamest episode titles I can remember, I laughed audibly several times during the show, at moments that were intended as comic, no less. I'm laughing with glee instead of at it. That's a step up, right? Uh, side note, um, I just noticed on Netflix Instant Watch that Step Up 3D, um, well, Step Up 3, it's been on Instant Watch, but it's going off at the end of February, so... People, if you haven't how, watched, how did you notice that while reading? No, I didn't an email. notice it while reading it. I noticed it when I got home from work and looked at my Netflix queue because I always go to Instant Watch like any day I'm about to watch a movie and I'm like, oh, let me see if anything's going off, so I should watch that now. And Step Up Three, sure enough, is going off on February 29th. Um, trust me, people, if you haven't seen Step Up Three, it's amazing. You should watch it and then go back and listen to our bonus episode on it. Okay. Um, Wayne continues. Last time around, I complained that Glee was doing too much first-level shit and not enough next-level shit. Well, this time, they threw in some next-level shit. Compared to a lot of season three, Hart felt lively, quick on its feet, downright nimble, in fact, rather than corny and oblivious, like when Rachel said she and Finn were registered at Samuel French, or when Sugar casually threw in that line about how her dad isn't in the mafia. Corny or... and obvious. What? Corny and obvious. You said corny and oblivious. Oh, yeah, I it did. was it was a significant difference in words. I so. appreciate that. As I, and then you you didn't take a breath, so I couldn't get it in before two sentences later. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Wayne continues. Or Jeff Goldblum's little aside about Velvety Vianetta. I like when the show makes quick absurd jokes or semi-obscure references without explaining them to death. There's something I look forward, that's something, there's something I look for in comedy nowadays, which I'll call casual absurdity. It's a regular feature of most of TV's good comedies, and I like it when it appears on Glee. Hart had plenty of it. That's high praise for me. Maybe it helped that Will was off screen for most of the show. When he's around, the show often loses its air of casual absurdity and gets too bogged down in sentimentality and sermons. Um, something that I think a point that comes out of that. And part of the reason why I really liked um, the potential of Leroy and Jeff Goldblum is I think, I'm sorry, this is Emily talking, not, not Wayne. Um, you can actually that, tell it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not, because right now I'm not, I'm not using my Wayne puppet yeah. on my right hand, which I normally use when I'm reading in Wayne's voice, um, is that it gives the writers a chance to speak, to make the kind of jokes and asides um, that the older audience would get. Because I think with the exception of Rachel and Kurt, like, there's a lot of jokes that Glee was pulling off in early Glee days that were very adult or very, like, Broadway or very, you know, kind of when it was aimed more at, like, the theater crowd. Um, and you can't really have the kids make those jokes. And it feels wrong when they do. So that's why I like um, the idea that Rachel's dads are there because they can make these make kinds of jokes. jokes. Yeah. So that's something I hope to see more of. Okay. Uh, okay, we're getting back to Wayne, but let's take this heart apart, huh? 
It seems like the opening recaps have been phased out of the show. Maybe there haven't been any plots worth recapping. (laughs) Or they've just now realized that the only people watching at this point are the diehards who already know what's happening. It's sad, though. I miss the voiceover guy. Is he holding out for more money? I'd like to think he's off on some tropical island somewhere, living off those sweet DVD royalties and narrating the events of his day. Side note. I heard read in a random recap, and I don't know if this is true, that that's Ian Brennan's voice. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I have to look into that. It makes me love him even more. Wayne continues. I swear, 90% of the show's budget must go to vests, wallet chains, fingerless gloves, and skinny pants for the male character. Is there <laughs> a line item in the budget for douchebaggery mad hats, too? <laughs> See, this is why I like Dalton Academy. You didn't see any of that crap there. Bring back the blazers. Well, Blaine was essentially wearing the Dalton blazer at the end. It was just gray with gray piping. Yeah, they should bring back more. If Sugar Mata never contributed another thing to Glee, and I think she's a great addition to the cast, she has at least eliminated the need for Glee to ever do another story about money or fundraising ever again. I need only remind you of A Night of Neglect, one of the weakest, yes, worst episodes in the series history. Never again, ladies. Never again. Thank God. I forgot about that. That was actually a high note, too. Yeah. And that was like, oh, we have to fundraise. No, (laughs) no, I'm paying for it. Just no. (laughs) Let her pay for it. Oh, good point. I wanted just a few more seconds of Chapel of Love and to have Jeff Goldblum chatting about why Jennifer Hudson got kicked off American Idol and how Tony Danza just got divorced. That's more of the next level shit I was talking about. You're so on my good side, Glee. Please stay there. Oh. Uh, next- <laughs> Poor Wayne. I whoa God no. Of all of our um listeners, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Okay, I made a promise to Erica. We made promises that we weren't gonna we talk did. about last episode, next episode. Because can we'll, I just we'll go off on such, prediction? Okay, we'll go off on a huge tangent, but we're gonna say one sentence about it and then we're gonna save the rest until we record. Oh god, now I wanna change my sentence. <laughs> two sentences emily that's it okay one sentence is a prediction i'm predicting wayne is gonna have some really interesting things to say about it yes and the other thing three fucking words to all of our listeners who can say right now that me you and me told them so then further proof that the glee team listens to glee cast yes sexting in motherfucking suburbia that was more than three words because that motherfucking suburbia is all one word. Okay. Um, okay, so we're that's it. That's all we're going to say right now. We're yeah. going to finish this episode. We'll, and, we'll, and we're going to yeah, come back next soon. week. Mostly in a big part because we really want to get feedback on that episode. Yeah. No, I, I know people have very strong feelings one way or another on it. Um, especially people who sex in suburbia. Um, so we would really, really encourage your feedback for this episode. For the next four regarding... This episode, what we're just talking about now, or in the re- next reference to um, the regionals episode. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of that episode? Let's look. On my uh, way. Sexting and some, Okay. On my way. Sure. To regionals. Sexting on my way to regionals. On my way to regionals in suburbia. <laughs> I, I, we just named the episode Sexting on my way to regionals in suburbia. Wait, okay. that's, that's the title for next episode, right? That's our next episode, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I still have to think about the title for this one. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Wayne. But of course they don't stay on my good side. Up next is another one of those goddamn contest winners. Some insufferable white dude with dreadlocks apparently saved up enough gum. (laughs) I love you, Wayne. Some insufferable white dude with dreadlocks apparently saved up enough gum wrappers or cereal box tops to get on Glee. And now I have to look at this pasty skin dipshit for an hour. 
Screw that. It's nice, though, that the God Squad subplot allowed Quinn to be the voice of reason she should have been allowed to be in the Michael episode. Better late than never. Sorry about the weird pause. I have Goblin's disease. It causes you to pause at weird times during your sentences and emphasize words which normally wouldn't be emphasized. V-Day sounds like a term a woman would use when she has an appointment with her gynecologist. Sorry, I can't go with you today, hon. It's my V-Day. Um, that's what I'm going to use it for now. Uh-huh. When, next time I go to the gynecologist, I'm referring it to as V-Day. Yep. Uh, so it's Artie versus Rory, huh? If you don't know who I'm rooting for in this contest, then you don't know me at all. Let's say I consider one of these characters to be among Glee's most valuable secret weapons, and another to be a one-note annoyance who should just be swallowed up by the earth immediately. Guess which is which. We know, Wayne. We're with you. This is the kind of efficiency I like to see on Glee. Cross-cutting between an adorable Mike Tina duet and an equally adorable Artie Rory sugar montage. There's a nice little touch in the arrangement of the song, too, with that slightly tinny electric organ in the background. Tasty Glee. Tasty. We'll talk about another arrangement a little later, though. Season three has given us plenty of Santana, but not nearly enough Britney to go along with it. Seriously, has Heather Morris been off doing community service elsewhere? It seems like she's been mainly smiling and nodding this season. This episode helped restore the balance. A tiny bit, but not really. Santana and Britney's infinite playlist is heavy on novelty songs. Let's see here. Purple People Eater, Disco Duck, Monster Mash, On Top of Spaghetti, Pac-Man Fever, Osama Yo Mama, and the theme song from Different Strokes. Apart from Osama Yo Mama, I have all these songs on my iPod. (laughs) Uh, This is another example of next-level shit. It's quick, funny, absurd, and not explained to death. Also, I will forever associate Monster Mash with young love because of the Simpsons episode called I Love Lisa. You know the one with Ralph Wiggum and the valentine that says, I choose you, choose you. Um, One of my all-time favorite Simpsons episodes. Yours too, right? Yes. I'm not... It says B, and there's a picture of a B on it. I've seen the episode. I'm aware of it. I'm just not as big of a Simpsons fan as you are. I just... That episode's one of my faves. Uh, One thing that Lee gets right about school is its depiction of Principal Figgins. The life of a school administrator is about constantly putting out fires and avoiding controversy at all costs. It's often a thankless, stressful job. He's handling his handling of the Britney Santana PDA may not be what we want or what is fair, but it's what a real life high school principal might really do. That's professional wet blankets. It's what they do. Another great thing about Figgin's scene is that it finally depicted the Rachel Finn romance the way I, and I'm guessing many viewers see it, unappetizing and unsightly, something we wish would go away. <laughs> I forgot about that. that. That was a really funny moment. It was. When uh, they show kissy faces. And again, I, this, I think this season has been really big on making Finn... Um, or the actor that plays him as sexually unattractive as possible. Mm. If you really think about it, like we have a kissy face, we had him dancing in a swan. Um, <laughs> we eventually will kind of see him photoshopped into drag. Yeah. Uh, and we have him talking about taking a poop this episode. Yep. Like it feels like maybe the 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 writers, the way the costume department hates Leia Michelle, maybe the writers kind of hate um, Corey cost- Mack. The costume department hates Leigh Michelle. Sometimes, sometimes, remember? Not always. Not this week. She has the cutest clothes ever. No, sometimes she does. Sometimes she's got the really cute... Just like, that 70s bottom nightgown. Bottom. And then other times she's got the 70s nightgown and weird-ass stuff. They've rotated. They've been on a roll lately. They have, yeah. Yep. Uh, if the Glee Club had just immediately sta- started booing Rachel and Finn's wedding announcement and throwing garbage at them, Heart would have been my favorite episode of the season. Or slushies at them, actually. As it is, Artie shooing them away so he can start his song is one of the episode highlights. It's a great little subtle acting moment that Kevin McHale does. If you'll excuse me, if you'll excuse me, congrats, though. That made me laugh so hard. 
I like sugar socks. I just thought it should be said. So White Dread says his heart is a stereo. Mine is a four slice toaster. Did Sam work the word trouty in the lyrics? If so, you're officially back on my good side. street. <laughs> Man, you get a lot for your 10 bucks. Full band choir. Pretty sweet for us all back. Damn, I'm like 20 minutes into this episode. Better pick up the pace. Rapid fire. Read these super fast. Oh, God, Wayne. Really? I have a sore throat now. <clears throat> Rory, your song is a downer. Go back to the Irish Spring commercial, which spawned you. Sugar Mata, you have chosen foolishly, but I still love you. You may live. Love the obsession, observation about Simon being the likely homosexual among the 12 apostles. Next level shit, that is. Okay, I'll slow down a little to talk about that episode's biggest, most obvious hiccup. The stupid, needlessly depressing handling <laughs> of the Sam Stadies storyline uh, leading into a completely unnecessary I will always love you. This is another terrible example of the show just lazily quoting rather than reimagining or recontextualizing its song in a creative way. This was a straight-up Xerox of the Whitney arrangement, right down to the dramatic key change. Think harder, Glee. Maybe go back to the absolutely gorgeous original Dolly Parton version of the song and copy that arrangement instead. No argument for me on that way. Yep. Jeff Goldblum is out of his league here vocally, but I'll forgive him because this scene at Rachel's house is just all kinds of awesome. This is such a great little world Rachel and her dads have built up, singing Cole Porter songs in the vicinity of sleek, modern lamps. I just wanted to hang out there for a while and talk about, you know, whatever. Nate Burkus or auto repair, whatever came up. You see, two shows back, I compared Glee to Up With People, and now the show makes the connection explicit. That's because they listen to us, Wayne. Well, obviously, yeah. And I mean, proof next week. Uh, Leia Michelle and especially Corey Monheath are deep, deep into their 20s, so I didn't automatically register that teenage lovemaking referred to Rachel <laughs> and Finn. I thought for a second that perhaps Rachel's dad was tired of particularly and payment for the night's festivities. Vianetta is still sparsely available in the U.S. and is quite a hit over in Europe. It is far from discontinued, good sir. I must admit, Rachel's dads came up with a pretty good plan. Leave these kids alone and let our daughter's natural horror <laughs> <laughs> away. It didn't quite work, but that's only because the show cheated outrageously. You'll notice that Rachel and Finn's reconciliation happened entirely off screen because, I'm sure, the writers could not come up with a dialogue scene that would have worked. We agree. After Rachel's Jim Crawford face bath, there is a super, super scary <laughs> shot of Leigh Michelle grinning like a serial killer with water dripping down her shit. There is. Oh, God, gift that someone. It almost looks like she's drooling. In any event, this is another clear highlight of the episode and one that the show definitely planned as an internet quick joke. Nice work, Lee. The V-Day party at the at the end of the episode is a sequence which seemed lifted wholesale from silly love songs in season two. But that was a great episode, so I'm perfectly content to have it rehashed here. So, Karofsky is back from outer space, and he's in a gorilla suit. And he says he loves Kurt, but Kurt's with Blaine, and now this is going to be a whole thing. I'm sure if we, quote, unquote, need this storyline right now. Uh, I'm not sure if we need this storyline right now. But I don't mind, because Matt Ad Max Adler plays his scene very well, and anything that lets Kurt have some dramatic acting is okay with me. Since Kurt and Blaine are a happy couple, and happy couples are boring, I can understand the need to stir things up a little. Glee kind of shot its wad with the cat face me of hers a little prematurely. <laughs> they could have let the story simmer for a while, but no. They had to go right in the eye, trauma. I don't know where this Karofsky thing is headed, but I hope Max Adler gets a few paychecks out of it. Oh, he does. <laughs> oh, holy shit. This, they could have done a King Kong fantasy sequence with Karofsky in his gorilla suit. Sorry, a curtain from the top of the Empire State Building plane coming in to rescue him in a biplane. Damn it, Clay, Try harder next time. <laughs> the sight of Rachel and Finn spooning is enough to put anyone <laughs> off of the NSO. <laughs> Lima Mall has a Swatch Watch kiosk. I'm moving. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking moving. And Wayne, you're getting my gift card. Uh, weird synchronicities still abound, ladies. Just last week, I was checking to see if anyone had done a mashup of Cherish by The Association and Cherish by Cool and the Gang. 
No one had, but here's Glee doing a mashup of Cherish by the Association and Cherish by Madonna. Damn, there were a lot of songs called Cherish and a lot of strippers, too, I'd imagine. <laughs> I have slightly mixed feelings about Love Shack. Of course, I'm gladdened by the return of Blaine, who apparently needs lots of bed rest after that eye surgery. Uh, but you must understand, Gleecasters, that Love Shack is my karaoke jam because I do an uncannily accurate Fred Schneider impersonation. I have to get a girl to volunteer to do Katie Pearson's part, which can be tricky, but it's worth it. The bottom line is, I'm protective of this song, territorial if you will. Oh, I'm complaining too much. The cast is clearly having tons of fun with this song, and I'm just going to enjoy it. Tin roof! Rested! Um, I, my god. You know what? One of my dreams in life is to karaoke with Wayne. Yeah, seriously. Oh I'll, my god. I'll do the other part. Poorly. Okay. And then I'll I'll take Wayne on for another song. Like that just dream come true would be karaoke. Well, we, could, we could both do the other part. Well we could rotate versus like Wayne. they did on the episode. That's true. That's true. Um we gotta think of a whole routine though. It wouldn't just be one song. Yeah. Okay. Um so the show is going on winter hiatus after next week. Good. That means they'll have to bring back the recap guy. Because thanks to Riddle and Nintendo and Mountain Dew, today's teenagers have no long-term memories. Yours with a slice of velvety Vianetta, Wayne Kotke, whom you can always find at d2writestopblogspot.com. Thank you, Thank Wayne. you. That is a wonderful email. Um, we agreed a lot with a lot of things. Yep. I think I think he liked the episode more than we did in the end. I think so. Um, but such is the price to pay. Uh, it and was just a weird episode because there were a lot of like good moments, but mm-hmm. overall it was like on top of a layer of white bread. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we have another piece mm-hmm. of feedback from Miss Helene. Um, the subject is the highest highs, the lowest lows, which I believe is what I just said. Um, oh, Glee. I debated even sending this feedback because really it's only a rehash of my last feedback. Just insert the phrases Dave Karofsky and Secret Admirer for Burton, Blaine, and Ben. Mm-hmm. But hell, Glee dropped such a perfect example right in my lap, so I'm going to make the point again. Dave Karofsky started to have feelings for Kurt, struggling with those feelings, knowing Kurt can never tru- truly trust him that way because of their past, but still trying to find a way to show him, eventually breaking down and telling him, putting it all out there despite the past and Kurt's po- perfect boyfriend. Now that's riveting, poignant, potentially fucking heartbreaking storytelling. Dave Karofsky stuffing Valentine's in Kurt's locker and showing up in a gorilla suit to tell him completely out of the blue that he loves him. That goes way beyond ludicrous and right into outright character assassination. I mean, Dave just looks like a complete moron and the whole thing comes off as just another way to bully Kurt. Or at least not take a single moment to think about what Kurt's feelings might be. I literally watched that scene with my shirt over my face and only one eye peeking out. And the only reason for the one eye peeking out was that Chris Colfer and Max Adler are such amazing actors and so good when they work together that I had to. And to their credit, they gave it everything they had. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it any less ludicrous and embarrassing, though. Yeah. Which we kind of said before. Yep, totally. So once again, Glee takes a flippin' brilliant idea and ruins it because over there is apparently... Because someone over there is apparently deathly allergic to multi-episode story <laughs> arcs. Now mark my words, Dave will get all depressed and do something drastic that totally wasn't earned in any way. Lillian, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But I mentioned highs, so let's take a moment to appreciate Jeff freaking Goldblum and his genius delivery of that lube rubber squeaking story. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was great. Because that may have been the hardest I've laughed at anything on television <laughs> ever. Like, I had to pause the show and literally roll around on the floor hysteric, laughing hysterically. <laughs> then I had to tell my almost 12-year-old, that, no, I wasn't going to explain what was so funny. <laughs> he asked me again when he's 15. <laughs> Seriously can't believe they got that past the network. So we're off to regionals. At least I have another warbler number to look forward to. Another two warbler numbers to look forward to, Helene. Okay. 
Um, I love the that like th- that thing about parenting is just the idea that you can just be, be like, I'll tell you when you're older. I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> ask, like, the, ask me again when you're this old. And like, I like the idea that some kids like keep a list. And like, you know, they have a reminder on their iPhone and it goes off when they're like on their 15th birthday of like, oh, today I can ask mom what a taint is. <laughs> That's right. She didn't answer us about it. Yeah. That. Thanks, Helene. Helene. Way to avoid that question. Come on. Oh, no. Here's the answer, Erica. She'll tell us when we're 35. Oh, okay. We, I'll set my iPhone reminder. Exactly. Um, oh, thank you so much, Helene. We thank you all of our feedbackers, obviously. We love yes. Um, the, so are we, oh, you sent me your notes. Well, I sent myself my notes. Oh, oh my God, I sent me her notes. She never sends me her notes. Okay. Well, because I, my notes don't make that much sense. That's why I don't send you my notes. Um, but because I, I type, I don't, I don't have Microsoft Word on my laptop. Um, so I can't type straight into there. Mm-hmm. So I type them in my email and then yeah, I, I have to sign out of my own email and sign into Gleecast email in order to access uh, the here the feedback so I send it to that email so that I can read crafty you yes 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 yes. all right folks so we'll be back next week with the winter um finale on our way on our way um (laughs) on our way while sexy I forget it already in suburbia (laughs) sexy sexting on our way to regionals while in suburbia yes well in suburbia yes um (laughs) we were hoping to get a bonus because I after that glee goes away until April yeah um, which is when I know I get really busy. I don't know about you. Um, but hopefully we'll, we can still, I mean, obviously we'll be back in April, but I just know a forewarning April is a little crazy for me. Um, but we are maybe hoping to bang out a bonus episode or two over the hiatus. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll make a date. And we have ideas for commentaries and such. So, make, you know. Make a date and drink a lot and then record ourselves. Yeah, I, I think I think we need to, you know, pick up a few bottles of wine and and. Turn on a movie or two that might make for good uh, radio. Definitely. Indeed. Um, so please, in the meantime, well, especially regarding next week, because we really, we're not going away yet. Um, no. We really do want to hear your thoughts on um, the Sexting and Suburbia episode. On our way. Originals. Um, so send your feedback to gleecast at gmail.com. Gleecast with a K. Yep. Um, if you so wish to talk more, as we encourage you to, come to Palaver, P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Um, and friend us on Facebook, please. Yep. Um, look for me, uh, Emily and Travia. And then from there you can find Erica. Uh, but yeah, please do, especially. And uh, those of you, I, cause I don't know some of you, maybe you just don't have Facebook. Cause I know there are plenty of, um, normal smart people out in the world who just don't do it. Yeah. Um, so if you want to shoot us an email, just let us know like, Hey, I, I just don't do it. That's cool. Woo-hoo. Um, and of course you can follow us on Twitter. I am Erica's Knits. I am Deadly Dolls. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say, um, look out. There is a, we recorded a Girls on Film uh, episode on the Oscars. Rachel has not released it yet, though. So, but if you are a fan of Girls on Film or if you um, really uh, like the Oscars and Oscar talk uh, and want to hear me complain about a lot of Oscar movies, then try to um, check girls on film and see if it, a new episode is up there sometime this week. So girls on film radio on uh, iTunes. You'll find it. Go to Palaver, visit our friend shows. They're all awesome. Woohoo. And don't sex in suburbia people. Yeah. Don't do it. No, don't. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I know. (laughs) Well, talk to you soon. Enjoy your cheese hearts. Goodbye.